Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In 2017, 19-year-old Kaneka Jenkins went missing while attending a hotel party in a suburb of Chicago. But when she was found, we were left with more questions than answers. My name is Sophia Talley, and this is True Crime Annette. So today I am still knitting a sock from my book, Knit Two Socks in One, in which I knit one long tube and then cut them in half into two socks. I am using yarn from Wonderland Fiber. I still don't know the name of the yarn that I am using. I've been looking for it forever. I'm going to have to contact them and ask them what yarn this is. Also today I am knitting straight from my body pouch. Just want to show you guys, that's like my favorite way to knit. But anyway, let's get into this case. The date is September 8th, 2017th. It is a Friday night and Kaneka has borrowed her mother Teresa's car to attend a party. She is attending this party with a few of her girlfriends. She left her mom's house at 1130 but they don't make it to the party until 1.13 a.m., which we don't know what happened from that initial time she left her mom's house at 11.30 to when she went to the party at 11.13. But when she got there, a few of the partygoers observed that she was already heavily intoxicated. She was swaying, slurring her words, but she was also acting a bit odd as well beyond just the usual drunk she looked sad you know she would dance for a little bit and then after a while just sit down and kind of mope a little bit she was drinking cognac that night so very very strong stuff and was just visibly intoxicated the entire night. At 1.30, she was on a phone call with her sister. And unfortunately, this was the last time her family would hear from her alive. At 1.36 a.m., a partygoer starts a Facebook live stream. And Kaneka isn't directly like the subject of this live stream, but the woman who is live streaming she has black mirrored sunglasses on and you can see Kaneka's reflection in these mirrored sunglasses she's just sitting what looks to be on a bed and just does not look like she is having a good time at all she does not look good and there's other video footage from this party because it was because everyone at this time was sharing everything on Facebook. So there would be like little people would go on live and just drunkenly chit chat to their friends on Facebook, I guess. 
And so there will be like little bits of footage of Kaneka and in each one of these scenes, she's just never looking too happy. And it doesn't seem like she knows them very well. In fact, at the one time where she seemed happy and she was making some noise, one of the party goers yelled at her for being too loud. So it just didn't seem like she was in her usual crowd. At 320, hotel surveillance footage shows Kaneka stumbling down a hallway and also somewhere near like the front desk area. So she is stumbling and just rubbing her shoulder against the wall. It does she doesn't look good and she's all by herself in this footage. At 325, you can see her exiting a elevator on a lower level and then again at 332, she is moving through the first floor kitchen. And this kitchen is actually no longer in operation. It is completely empty. I think it's a kitchen that the hotel uses to rent out for caterers. Like it's not their main kitchen. So we don't know why she, why or how she ended up there. And this is the last bit of surveillance footage that we see of Kaneka. Finally, at 4am, her friends are ready to leave the party. But they look around and their ride, Kaneka, who remember drove them in her mother's car. Kaneka's nowhere to be found. They have her phone, they have her car and car keys, but they don't have her. So in a panic, they call Kaneka's mom, Teresa Martin. And by 5am, Teresa is at the hotel desperately hunting for her daughter. She is knocking on room doors and she and a few family members are just doing this mad hunt for Kaneka to the point where the hotel complains to the police saying that this woman is causing a disturbance, which to me is literally insane. She's looking for her daughter. I I just never heard that reaction before. The hotel actually calls the police and the hotel even tells Teresa that they cannot assist her in search without a missing persons report. So what they're saying is that, hey, if, if you want our cooperation, you need to get the police involved. Why? I could only think for some archaic legal reason. But I'll tell you this right now. I bet you that the that the hotel regrets this decision 100%. And finally, Teresa calls the police at 7.14 a.m. saying, hey, my daughter is missing. And the police suggest that she wait a few hours before filing a missing persons report. Now, legally, she did not have to do this, but the average person really know this. I mean, there was a time in which you had to wait like 24 hours in some areas to report a missing adult. But now you can report someone missing immediately. But the police suggested, hey, you should wait a little while. She may turn around she may turn up. Remember, this is Saturday morning at this point. So if you were still drunkenly partying, you could be still, you know, passed out somewhere. So police were just not that worried or bothered by this missing girl. I just feel like everyone that Teresa turned to the hotel, the police just didn't take her seriously. Finally, at 1246 p.m. on that Saturday, Kaneka's sister goes to the police station to file an official missing persons report because at this point, they still cannot find her. And this is when the police finally go to the Crown Plaza hotel 
hotel and actually do some police work. And this is literally hours, hours after she was last seen. Remember, she was last seen at around three in the morning. Okay. And now it's around 1 p.m. that day. And at first, the police decide to look at the footage of all entrances and exits, and they didn't find anything really. They didn't see the footage that I talked to you about earlier about her walking through the halls and going through elevators, because initially they were just looking to see if she was even in the hotel, which I guess, you know, fair enough. I mean, she could have left with someone. So I think they're trying to make sure they were looking in the right place. But it took them so long to look that the family had to ask them to please look again and see if you can do a more thorough search. It's on that second search, the family believes that police found that evidence of Kaneka walking through the halls of the hotel and and down to that kitchen by herself at three in the morning. Also during this search, they decide to look through all of the public areas first. And so they start at the ninth floor and they just work their way down through all of the public areas that Kaneka would have access to, not thinking to check any of the restricted areas. And after finding that she did, in fact, go into this closed off kitchen area that wasn't locked, but it was just a restricted area, you know, with signs saying do not enter. Once they found out she was there, police did a thorough search of this kitchen. And that is where they found 19 year old Kaneka Jenkins. Kaneka was found lying face down in a walk in the freezer. She had one shoe off and her hair was damp and wet. She was covered in brown dirt, just really, really dirty, as if she rolled around in a dirty puddle almost. And she's in this walk in freezer, which isn't the cleanest thing I've seen. But she looks dirtier than what the freezer looks, if that makes sense. It's just odd. It just, she was not found in the best shape. When they took the temperature of their freezer, they found that it was 34 degrees Fahrenheit. So just above freezing. But this temperature was taken after the doors to the freezer was open for two hours. So while they were collecting evidence, everything like that, they took the photos. The freezer was most likely much colder than that. There was no signs of trauma on her body besides her having a cut on that one bare foot. On October 6, 2017, the coroner releases her cause of death, which is which he found to be accidental. Her blood alcohol level was 0.112. So she was fairly intoxicated. And also in her system, they found traces of topiramate, which I hope I'm saying that right. I feel like I'm always saying the drugs wrong. And then the pharmacists in the comments have to help me out. But this drug is used to treat seizures and migraines. And it is not a party drug at all. It doesn't make you feel high or anything like that. It's not considered a date rape drug. And she was not prescribed this drug. So what I'm trying to say is there is no reason for this drug to be in her body. Now, I do have a personal experience with this drug. I took I, I can't pronounce it. Oh my goodness. 
topiramate. I took this drug back in 2013 because I was having migraines and just neural issues like that. And let me tell you, it is not something that you want to take on purpose, okay? It is very strong stuff, and it makes you feel sick. It can make you feel disoriented, and it can actually make you feel more drunk than what you are, and it can speed up hypothermia. So that's interesting, because here is a drug in her system that can speed up hypothermia and make her feel drunker than what she is is she has no access to this drugs. It's not something that you would take for recreational purposes. There's no evidence that she even used drugs because there was marijuana at the party, but there was no traces of marijuana in her system. So what I'm trying to say here is that how did this drug get into her system. And the only thing I could think about was, you know, and this is speculation, this is where you enter in Sophia's speculation land. But I would not be surprised if someone slipped it into her drink to make her feel more intoxicated, almost as if they were trying to use that drug to sexually assault her. That's just my assumption. Police don't believe this, though. I will say the police do not believe this. They have no explanation for why the drug is in her system. And they didn't really question it. In fact, they closed her case. And it's just case closed. She's died an accidental death from exposure, from being left in a freezer, essentially, for hours. And this did not, as you can guess, this did not sit well with the general public. And people began to speculate that there may have been a cover-up. They found out that one of her friends worked for the hotel. They also found out that police were not doing a thorough job at when they were looking at the CCTV. Remember, I mentioned they were only looking at entrances and exits at the beginning, and they had to get pressured by the family to look at all of the CCTV. So the public found that weird. The public also found it weird that the hotel didn't want to help search for this girl. And the worst part is, if they really looked for her at around four in the morning, four, five in the morning, when the mother first arrived at the hotel, chances are they may have found her in time. And many people speculate foul play. But here's the thing, though this drug was found in her system, the CCTV footage does not show that there was anyone else walking with Kaneka. And every bit of tape that was released to the public she is by herself and i've seen conspiracy theories point out shadows and saying oh there's like someone there but there's just no evidence of anyone being near her also on her body there's no evidence of assault or nothing besides a small cut on her foot that could not cause death or even be so dehabilitating that she got stuck there. So I can see why foul play is a popular theory. But with the facts that we have and with the photographic evidence and the CCTV evidence that we have, there is just no signs of foul play or any criminal activities with her death. But that doesn't mean that it's accidental. Because I just keep going back to that migraine drug found in her system. 
and how it can make you feel drunker and how it can speed up hypothermia. And if someone did slip that drug into her drink, remember she was drinking all night. And remember, she was acting weird all night. All of her friends claimed she was way more standoffish and quiet than what she normally was. If that drug was slipped into her and then caused her to become disoriented and then locked in that freezer, wouldn't that be manslaughter? It makes me wonder. It makes me wonder if how accidental this case is and I why they decide to close it after only two years of a, of a really sad investigation. The investigation was just not good to the point where her family sued the police department for 50 million. So I just want to know what do y'all think about this? Do you think that it was foul play? Do you think that it was accidental. I'm leaning towards manslaughter. I would not be surprised if someone tried to slip that into her drink for nefarious reasons. And then when she walks away or just wanders off for whatever reason, probably looking for a bathroom, something like that. Unfortunately, the side effects of the drug leaves her vulnerable to hypothermia. So that's the story of Koneka Jenkins. My name is Sophia Talley, and this has been True Crime In It. For more information, including show notes, please visit www.thedrugnitter.com slash truecrime. Stay safe, my friends. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.